This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you stay silent in a French elevator? Do you show up empty-handed? Do you cry wolf? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our amuse-bouche. Let's get in it. What have we got? (laughs) So for today's amuse-bouche, I want to talk about taking an elevator in France. So to preface, I want to apologize for the terrible French pronunciation you're about to hear. French is not one of the languages that I pretend to speak. So apologies in advance. So basically, when you get on an elevator in France, you have to say bonjour to everyone. Mm. This is the rule. Got to say to everybody. And so this is just like a basic French etiquette thing in general, like the bonjouring of everyone. That is basic politeness in France. So when you get on an elevator in France, you have to say bonjour to everyone. Or if it's the evening, you have to say bonsoir. And if you've already seen the person in the elevator, let's say it's like a work elevator and it's a colleague you already said bonjour to earlier in the day, you have to say re bonjour, as in hello again. And everybody in the elevator has to say it back to you. And then that's really the conversation. Like, we're probably not going to do too much small talk in an elevator. Like, you're allowed to, like, have a silent rest of the trip. But you do have to have that pageantry at the beginning. And then when you leave the elevator, you have to say bonjourne at the end, which is, like, have a good day. Or, like, bonsoirée, which is, like, good evening on the way out. And then somebody in the elevator might beat you to it with their bonjourne. And so you have to say, like, également, which is, oh, and you too. So all of that has to happen. It is considered very rude to stay silent in the elevator. Now, you don't necessarily have to do this if it's like a shopping mall elevator or like an airport elevator, but definitely residential building, office building, you got a bonjour. Super important. I feel like this, I'm smiling ear to ear for our listeners at home <laughs> because I'm all about bonjouring in an elevator. Um, I just find this to be a delight. I, I yeah. worry for Nick. If he goes to France. Yeah. I don't love talking in elevators, but I will. We're going to have to take the stairs a lot. And <laughs> yes. It's good for the quad. 
I just imagine an elevator where it stops at every floor and then everybody's bonjouring everybody and then we stop and then it stops at another floor and then we get another. And so it's just a bonjour is all the way up. It is. But also this whole bonjour thing, this takes place in a surgery room. Like the surgeons will bonjour all the other people when they walk in. Or even if you're a patient at a doctor's office, when you walk into the doctor's office, you have to say bonjour to everybody else that's waiting as well. Like, can you imagine like the American style of would just slink in, not making eye contact with anybody <laughs> like that does not fly in France. I have not personally been to a waiting room in France, but I would avoid it now. <laughs> so I don't know. It seems kind of fun. We're just hi. 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 Hello. 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 Isn't there yeah. a song in Beauty and the Beast where she's like, bojo, bojo to you yeah. and you and you. That is an excellent French etiquette lesson. <laughs> no, it's we learned that it's based in fact. It is factual. Yes. <laughs> we. we. and we're back and now it's time to go deep a lovely deep a pragmatic helpful deep (laughs) so this was inspired by the question from the wilderness which was quote i love hosting get-togethers and i know people don't like to go to someone's house empty-handed but i'm always stumped when someone says what can i bring i always insist that they don't need to bring anything but is there a better way to respond to this question I feel like we've almost had this conversation. Yes. But it wasn't it wasn't this exactly. Yes. We have tiptoed around this topic. Yes. But I thought it was a good deep dive because like there is no one answer here. And the whole idea of like what to bring to someone's house, I think, is like a big topic. I think it's a great deep dive. I also like that it's from the host's. Yes, it's from the host perspective. Like, what's a good thing to say to people? Because yeah. you don't necessarily need them to bring anything, but you know they're going to. So what's a way to answer that? So in general, Miss Manners says you don't have to bring anything to a party. You just have to reciprocate the invitation. Like, that's the most important thing, reciprocation. And she adds that this whole idea of not arriving at a dinner party empty-handed is actually some relatively new American invention. And apparently it came out of the European tradition of, like, bringing flowers or chocolate and never wine. Because she says it, quote, carries the insulting implication that something decent to drink is needed because the host's wine is likely to be inferior. So she says, you don't actually bring anything. I don't know if it carries. I love how my new thing is just disagreeing with Miss Manners, who is like, (laughs) obviously uh, knows more than me. But um, I don't, does it carry that implication? Or are you giving it as a gift? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it has that flavor anymore, at least. And the latest edition of Emily Post, they weigh in on the like, what should you bring? And they actually hedge. And they say that the hostess gift is a lovely way to thank them for like the hospitality. And it's quote, obligatory in some parts of the country and only for special occasions elsewhere. But they don't tell you where. Yeah, that seems so, not helpful in any way. Not helpful at all, <laughs> Emily No, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. So, so yeah, I mean, I think the question is sort of like, what do you bring and when do you bring? From the guest perspective, I get that it's super awkward to show up somewhere empty-handed because, like, as an American society, we have sort of agreed that, like, you just don't show up empty-handed. Like, that's just not something you do unless your relationship with the people is, like, super close or you're always reciprocating, like, oh, tonight dinner's at my house or next time it's at your house. Like, I think you you just show up with something. Or if it's a very formal dinner party, like a super formal dinner party, you actually might not bring anything. So I think that is maybe one category. But yeah, it is super awkward to show up empty-handed. Yeah, it's very instilled in my person that I would not show up empty-handed. Deep, yeah. deep in my soul, in any part of the country. Yeah, and I think you can't err if you do show up with something in your hands. 
So I think the default setting now, I think as a society, this is kind of where we're at, despite Miss Manners' objection. So, okay, we've accepted this as a fact of life. Fine. Now, as the host, if you do not want something, I think you could just say, oh, no, don't bring anything. It's totally fine. And I think if your host says that, then I think you do have permission to maybe not bring anything. I was wondering what you thought about this. We've had a dinner get togethers and then people, not potluck, but, you know, hosted larger dinner parties uh, when people didn't have places to go for holidays and such. And then people would be like, I want to bring a dish. Can I bring a dish? And so we've always like picked a, if people want to bring stuff, bring a beverage. Sure. That's a nice default answer. Yeah. I mean, on some level, you shouldn't ask your host that. What can I bring? Well, they, they, the way they asked, it didn't feel rude at all. It was that they didn't want the burden to be all on us. So they were like, do you need desserts? Do you need, you know, they wanted to know what we needed. Sure. And it was made clear that they wanted to bring something. So we've been like, we'll have this and this to drink. If you want anything else for yourself, please feel free to bring it. Otherwise, we have everything covered. I mean, I guess I feel like if I'm being invited to somebody's dinner party, you have it covered. And I'm not going to ask what you need me to bring because you have it covered. I might still bring something, but I will bring something in a category that is not required for your evening. My contribution is not required for making the dinner party successful. So it's going to be like a box of chocolates or a candle or something that I know you'll like as something like to have for later. You know, I'm not going to try and participate in your dinner party planning. So I think that's why I would not ask like, oh, what can I bring? Because you got to cover it, I'm assuming. Mm. And if you are going to bring something, I think it's very important to not bring something that is inconvenient for your hosts. So like, don't bring the topiary that's not in a pot. And now you have to like, Find a pot to repot this thing in their kitchen. I brought you some goats. Or I brought you animals. <laughs> yes. I'm just floating that out there because I actually really love goats. So if somebody- They're Angora. <laughs> um, Thank you so much. I, my apartment's small. Yeah, no, I think you don't want to bring something that requires uh, them serving it. You know, like don't bring food that wasn't wanted. Um, so I think anything that requires the host to like be inconvenienced, this is a terrible thing to bring. But I do think as the host- the, since the question is coming from the host and people are asking you, because a lot there's different kinds of dinner parties. Some parties are oh sure are much more casual, in which case I understand why people are like, should I bring a dish? You know? Okay. And I think you know what type of host this is and what type of party it is probably. Yeah, so anybody who know. knows me knows it's casual. So um, there's not, but I do think that that has worked in the past for us. If you're hosting and people want to bring stuff and it's not like a plated sit down, everybody has a name plate, you know, it's more casual affair. You don't have place cards at your dinner parties, Leah Bonima? I don't. I don't even have a full-size table in my apartment. So let's think about that. Um, Or service for more than four people. Um, That you could be like, I have found that to be an easy way because people often just want to bring something. So say the beverages or, oh, I have a full meal and appetizers. I wasn't doing desserts. If you want to bring something for dessert, you know, but if. Sure. And I think if you are going to ask this question, oh, what can I bring? Do not ask it when you're about to get in the car to drive over, because at that point, the host really does have everything they need. If you wanted to ask this question a week in advance, then the host might say like, oh, you live near this bakery. Would you pick up a loaf of bread from there? Yes. Like, you know, that would be an opportunity for the host to actually ask for something that they want. But yeah, the 30 minute in advance message, like, oh, do you want me to stop at Safeway for something? Like, no, no, I got it covered. Thank you. Very good point. 
I think there is definitely, now that you've pointed out, there's definitely a difference between like a dinner party and I'm hosting for a bunch of people where we needed a place to go for this thing, in which case it makes sense that people are like, what should I bring? Yes. And it, there are different flavors of this. Yes. And it's a spectrum. I see how if I was like, hey, I made this plated meal and these are the apps and these are the things. And someone was like, maybe I should bring something. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I see what I see how that would have a different flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so in response to the question, like you said, I think it's fair to tell people you really don't have to bring anything. Yeah. No, no need. Just bring yourself. Yeah. And that's fine. And I think if you are told that, then you are actually off the hook. You do not actually have to bring anything. You can be empty handed. It's fine. But you're probably still going to bring something because. Which would also be fine. As long as the thing is not like flowers that require a vase or something you expect to be served. And a good back pocket sentence that Miss Manners uh, has, which I think is really useful, which I've used, which is if somebody shows up at your house and has brought something which is not part of your menu, like, oh, here's a cake. You just take it away and you say, oh, thank you so much. We'll think of you when we enjoy this later. Perfect. So you just take it away. You're not obligated to ever serve anything that somebody brings. So you're off the hook. Well, I think a lot of times people want to bring like a thank you. Like here's, um, I baked this. It's for you for later. It's just a thank you. I love a for later. Yeah. A for later is great. Yes. Not a, oh, I brought this thing, which I want you to now serve all of us. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I can't even imagine being like, put this on the table now. I think it's- Oh, <laughs> this happens. Oh, I, half of our audience is like, that's happened to me. Yeah. Of course. No, this happens all the time. It's rude. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But I can do absolutely see, like, I made these candies. They're for you for later, for whenever. A baked good is a perfect host gift. It's lovely. Yes. It's lovely. lovely. Also, do we need a better word? I don't like the phrase hostess gift. This is not very modern. Like, what's a better word? How about we call it a thanks for having me? It's a thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Or hospitality gift. That sounds like, I mean, that's functional and lovely, but it <laughs> also functional. sounds like when I think of a hospitality tent, I think of. Oh, that feels like some swag or. or like it's a swag or it's like a. That feels like the bad old chocolates that you get in a hotel room when they know it's like your anniversary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to workshop that. Although, audience, if you have ideas for what we should now call the hostess gift, let's uh, let's crowdsource this. Yeah, I love that yeah. idea. Thanks for letting me in your house. So, yeah, if you have ideas for what we should call the hostess gift, send them our way, and then hopefully we'll come up with something new and better. And then we're going to, then we'll slowly start circulating it out at all of our different dinner parties, and then we'll, yeah, and then by the end of the this year, we'll have changed language, and you'll know where it all started. Woo! Right here. I love it. Right here. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wild. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by 
Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors, you get new patterns, you recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklinen actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back, and now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, must be nice. And let me just say really quick. Sure. That I think that our audience should, if you're standing up, sit down. Okay. Or maybe put a scarf around your neck. That always makes me feel safer. I'll put a scarf mm-hmm. around my neck. if there's something. Weighted blanket. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I don't know why I immediately thought of suspenders. Just something to like hold on to your pants. Uh, okay. Because this one is, it, it, it sort of made my skin stand up. So, quote, must be nice. I have a coworker who often says this in response to any mildly positive news I might share with her. For example, on a Monday after returning from a long weekend, she asked how my weekend was. I shared with her that it was lovely, and my partner and I took the dog for a hike a few hours away, which was quite enjoyable. To which she replied rather shortly, must be nice. I cannot stand that phrase. It makes me feel like I should feel bad for having a nice weekend because for some reason she couldn't go for a hike herself. For the record, I didn't actually feel bad. Just annoyed at the implication. What are your thoughts? I'm so annoyed. (laughs) I hate that phrase. Must be nice. It's so rude. It's a trap. This is another person I'd like to have their address of. (laughs) You know what it is? It's also, I feel like when people present things they're going through, I appreciate that too. I, I want to listen to what people are dealing with. You know, when you ask people how they are and they're going through it and they share it with you, mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. I'm happy to listen. I'm a person who usually tries to present a positive story on things. Yeah. So I find that when I try to be positive and then somebody comes in with like, oh, you're so, lo-, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, well, I could also stand here and just talk about how everything's horrible too. But I thought we were being <laughs> polite and lovely. I thought that's what we were doing. I was just giving you the highlights. The positive highlights of the day. Yeah. But if we want to be negative Nellies, let me restart. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, what I don't like about, well, there's a lot that I don't like about this. One, it's a trap because it's also a leading question because what they want is to have a conversation about how horrible their life is. Like that's what they really want. And they want to bait you into that. Mm -hmm. They want to suck you into their vortex. And so that's why I think this is so grating because there's no way to respond to this. Like, what are you supposed to say? It really annoyed me when I read it. So I didn't actually write down options. I just wrote, stop talking to her. And I circled it because, (laughs) which obviously is no practical advice. (laughs) We just say, that's it. I just, you know, and it's one, obviously sometimes people are in a bad mood and they had a bad day and they just want to sort of just be like, ugh. And we all understand that this person does this all the time. Yeah, this is not a one-off. This is not a one-off. This is... Just somebody, as you said, pulling you into their vortex. Yeah. I think I have obviously experienced uh, people who have vortices. And I guess for me, I just take it at face value. 
I'm not going to get sucked in. I'm just going to take your comment at face value. Must be nice. Yes. Thank you. It was. Okay. And we're going to just change the subject or I'm going to leave now. So. I love that idea. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. That was it. Thank you. So yeah, I, I mean, because otherwise now we're engaging and I'm not interested in engaging on this. No, I definitely, obviously, I don't think you can just stop talking to this person. I do think that that was the best way to handle it. And to be like, yes, it was. Thank you. And then just go about your business. Yeah. I mean, I think we don't engage further down that rabbit hole, but I think we just change the subject and move on. And that's the end of that. And you should not feel guilty for having a lovely weekend. And I also think I may curb my responses to this person in the future because I don't want to be constantly having to deal with their poor manners. So I think if they're like, how was your weekend? I would say, fine, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I hate the idea of having to self-censor yourself. And like, oh, I can't possibly say anything that's nice because you'll just take that the wrong way. But maybe that is actually what you have to do. Yeah. Like, how was your weekend? It was adequate. Well, I think it depends on (laughs) the kind of person you are. Like if you're the kind of person who would feel better just doing what you suggested, which I think is wonderful and saying, yes, it was lovely. Thank you. It was nice. Thank you. And then walks off and then you don't hold on to being annoyed. Yeah. Or if you're the kind of person who the annoyance will outweigh, Mm. then I think you're going to have to change your behavior because this person is not going to stop. No, this person's behavior is what it is. And that will be the one constant here. Yeah. I guess you could really lean into it and be like, so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) And let me tell you, the weather... Uh, and then we had a picnic and then there was brie and then there was this lovely wine and it was chilled and it was just the best day. Uh, don't you just love it? And then someone showed up in a limousine and gave everybody free money. It was uh, yes. so nice. And then there was soft serve ice cream and then there was puppies with outfits. <laughs> and somebody <laughs> said, I want to give you a puppy, but I'm going to do all of the maintenance and pay for their vet bills. And you're like, this is so nice. Must be nice. (laughs) So our next question is, quote, I live on a third floor walk-up apartment. Is it more polite to meet guests at the building door or buzz them up to my apartment? Buzzing them in allows them to get in immediately when they arrive, which can be beneficial in inclement weather. Although I wonder if my coming down to greet them at the front door would be more welcoming. Thoughts? Oh, I have thoughts. Me too. So what are your thoughts? Well, let me walk. Can I would love to walk you through, no pun intended, walk you up the stairs of how I got to this. It was funny to me how I read this. Okay. I read this and I was like, of course, it's one of our lovely letter writers that wants to go the <laughs> extra mile. And then is like, is it okay to just buzz the door? And obviously yeah. it's okay. And why would you walk down? And as I thought that, I thought about the multiple times I also am in a walk up where I've buzzed somebody in and then thought, I don't want them to have to walk down those stairs all alone. And then I fly down to the bottom <laughs> stairs and I walk them up the stairs in front of them being like this way as if they couldn't find it by themselves. So it, this was such an emotional, fun roller coaster wow. for me of being like, of course you can just buzz. And then why would that? And then remembering all the times that I've run downstairs in socks to be like, I don't want you to feel lonely walking up the three <laughs> flights of stairs. So that's why it was so funny to me. But I obviously think, of course, you can just buzz. Yes, definitely. But here's why. Here's here's my reasons for this. One is your apartment begins at your apartment door. Your apartment does not begin at the front door of your building, Mm -mm. which also applies to walking around your whole building in socks. Like we don't do that (laughs) because your apartment is not part of the rest of the building. I just get emotionally swept up that somebody feels lonely on their journey and then it's off to the races. But also as someone who has visited people 
in their walk-ups and I'm going up the stairs, I actually do not want you to greet me before the door and before I have buzzed. I don't even want you standing in your own doorway with the door open (laughs) because maybe I wanted to put myself together a little bit Mm. or maybe I had something for you and I wanted to like fluff the flowers or I had something in a bag and I don't want you to see what cheap store I bought it from. So I want to put that away before I like hand you the thing. So I want to be able to decide when that door opens by me buzzing or knocking on your door. So I do not want you greeting me. I do not want a buddy up the stairs. <laughs> Definitely. I don't want you standing on your floor shouting down three stories saying hi. I was going to say, sometimes I just say up here. No, hate that. Like I know where five <laughs> is. I'll figure it out. So I just want to walk up on my own, put myself together, ring your bell. Then you can open it. Then we say hello. And now we have done that. Absolutely makes sense. Yeah. But I understand why this person asked. So... Is it rude to like meet someone at the front door? I mean, I don't think it's rude. I would rather you didn't. I also think that sometimes it's just pragmatic. Like our building is not labeled by floors. I mean, is it labeled by scent? We're apartment number one and we're on the third floor. Oh, that's interesting. So I do have to tell people where we are. Okay, no, that's fair. Because obviously if I was apartment number one, 99% of people would assume that's on the bottom floor. Uh, Certainly closer (laughs) to that. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's late. We're the last apartment. It's labeled backwards. Oh, that's twist. Yeah. I love New York city real estate. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Never know. I'm like, I didn't do it. So there is that part of it where I'm genuinely don't want people to waste walking time down to the. Okay. Well, unless you live in an upside down world, (laughs) then just let them walk up on their own. So do you live in an upside down world of etiquette? Let us know. We can help. Send us your questions at wereyouraisedbywolves.com or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by... Book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that what the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? 
So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code Pedals. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code Pedals to get your first book for just $5. We're back, and now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? Well, first off, I would love to give you the opportunity um, to go first because I always, but I, sure, no pressure to go first, but I just want you to feel you're oh, welcome to go first. Happy to get it off my chest. <laughs> so, I would like to vent. So I was at MoMA recently, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and they've actually just redone how they're doing their curation and they've expanded and they're also turning over what they're hanging like more frequently. So it gives you more reasons to go. So I was there with a friend on a very nice, quiet weekend in New York City and I'm strolling the galleries and now I'm at one of my favorite paintings, which is Andrew Wyeth's Christina's World. And I'll post a link to it if you've never seen it. It is wonderful. It is basically set in Maine, actually. And it is this woman who is laying on the grass and she's sort of twisted looking up at a farmhouse. And MoMA actually calls it a psychological landscape as opposed to a real landscape because there's like a lot happening in this painting. And Andrew Wyeth, he is so detailed in his painting and you really have to see it in person to appreciate it. Like photos don't do justice, which is why going to see real art live in real museums is so lovely. So I'm about to take a picture because I thought, oh, it's one of my favorites. Let me take a picture. And I see I have an email. And this email is from somebody who I know professionally, vaguely, like maybe we last emailed five years ago. Maybe I'll see him out and about, but like not somebody I work with, not somebody I know very well, like at all. And the email is just, hi, Nick, call me. It's important. And it's like, what is that about? Mm. Sunday afternoon? What is happening? So I tell my friend I'm going to step outside because obviously I'm not going to take a phone call in a gallery. We don't do that. That's rude. So I left the galleries and now I'm standing by the elevator banks and I call him back. I'm like, hey, it's Nick. Um, what's happening? And he's like, oh, I just wanted to like see if you'd be interested in this like business opportunity. And it's like, um, that's not urgent or interesting or relevant. And what? I was like, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. I don't think that's for me. Have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. Call me. On a Sunday? Call me. It's important. It sounds like they're at a medical emergency center and you're the only email they had. I mean, definitely something dire, you know, where only I could solve it. Yeah. I mean, when you throw out a call me, it's important. Like, it better be important. This was not important. I'm a little shocked. This is just... Yeah, that's rude. I mean, it goes beyond rude. Well, they set it up like it's an emergency. Yes. This was a call that needed to take place ASAP. And you, yes. as a kind, considerate person, were like, let me step out of my weekend and call this person who I barely know anyway in case right? I need it. The better email would have been like, hey, I have something I want to discuss with you at some point. When available, please give me a ring. Yep. That would have been fine. Happy to have seen that email and deal with it on a work day. But I mean, call me dot, dot, dot. It's important. Ugh. I mean, ugh. So don't care for that. That's my vent. I don't care for that either. So what do you got? Well, I'm very upset with that person. <laughs> yes. 
good. Me too. It's rude. Very rude. <laughs> and for you? For me, I'm going to do an event. Oh, okay. And this event is about an idea. Oh, tell me more. I would like to discuss spoilers. Okay. Like I'm watching a TV show. Yep. And... There's a spoiler alert. There's a spoiler alert. Okay. I see how one can err on many sides of a spoiler. For example, if I'm watching a show and then I'm on a social media site and somebody posted something, that's probably my own fault for being in the middle of social media on a popular show. You know what I mean? You can't like be like, you spoiled that. If you're out on social media looking up this thing, you know what I mean? That's, I'm not talking about that kind of spoiler. That's, right. That's on you. That's a gray area. You were on social media looking up the show. What did you think was going to happen? Oh, yeah. If you were specifically in social media <laughs> looking up the show, then you want yes. To, yeah. What, what, yes. That's, that's what you're going to say. Okay. Also, I've had an experience where I was at a comedy show. I was performing. I was discussing Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And I was discussing something that happened in like season one. I just referenced it because of somebody in the audience. It was like a moment thing. We were already finished the show. The show was okay. over at this point. Okay. If you're out in public and somebody referencing a show that at that point was like how many years old, that's mm. also your own fault. I, I bring that up because I had a man come up to me and very seriously tell me that I upset his wife and I should apologize because I brought up something in season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> And for a moment, I felt genuinely upset at myself. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. If you are so upset that hearing something from like 10 years ago yeah. makes you want to apologize, you shouldn't leave the house at all. Like you should not leave the house. Yeah, there is an expiration date on spoilers for television and film. There's an expiration date. Yeah, like Christmas Story, he gets the BB gun. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> it's a it's a sled. You know yeah. what I mean? It just so I recognize there are these areas. That being okay. said, I was in a conversation with somebody recently. The conversation was specific to the fact that I missed large amounts of television shows, particularly sitcoms. You and mm -hmm. I have discussed this. We were going back and sure. watching through. This was with somebody else. Obviously not you because this is a rude person I'm discussing. Mm -hmm. And I was saying how I missed a lot of sitcoms. And not only did I miss them, but I, I wasn't in the world of them. So I don't even know what happened. Like I don't even get references. So I've been going back through and watching them. And I said, I never watched The Office. I don't even know what happens. Mm. And it's so weird because it's such a global, it's such, so many people reference it. It's been so popular. I don't even know how I missed it. I then say, I've never seen any of it. I'm just going into the second season. I'm really enjoying it. So excited. It's so interesting to not have any idea what happens. That's ah. what I said. And then the person I was talking to then told me their four favorite things about the show, ah. which were all spoilers. Ah. And then I said, I don't understand what just happened here. I just told you I've never seen it. I'm watching it for the first time and how excited I am to how I somehow oddly missed all the references. So I have no idea what happens. And then you just told me all of the major points of what happened. Terrible. And then they said, well, I don't get how you missed it. You must have known. And I was what? like, I don't know. I just told you I missed it all. <laughs> yes. I just told you. I don't know what happens and I'm now enjoying it for the first time. And you told me all the major plot points of the whole show. The whole show. I mean, and so they made a mistake and then they weren't sorry about no, it. No, then they doubled down that it was still my fault. It was still my <sighs> fault. Mm -mm. No. I mean, I could see how you might slip 
and then would be very embarrassed and apologetic that you did. But to double down. To double down. And also you might slip if I hadn't said, if the whole conversation wasn't about how I'd missed this whole chunk of life and I was excited. Yes, to if see- our whole conversation wasn't about the conversation that we were having conversation about. Yeah, maybe if it wasn't that. Okay. And then, so to purposely spoil something for somebody and then to be like, that's your fault. That's rude. Yeah, that is rude. Yeah, because spoilers are mean. It's mean. It ruins the story. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're still going to watch The Office. I'm not. Oh, that was it for you. You're like, ah, I'm out. They literally gave me all of the major plot points. Oh, okay. That's Who fair. goes where? Who gets right it off? What happens to people? Yeah, what else is there? What yeah. else is there? Fair. Well, I'm sorry. Luckily, there's plenty of other television to watch. <laughs> Have you ever seen Out of This World? No. Oh, it's about a girl who can freeze time because her father's an alien. Are you making that up? No, no. It's a real show from the <laughs> 80s. I highly recommend it. Check out it out. Out of This World? That's not, I just love I love them. And I think the alien father who only appears in like this cube desk paperweight is voiced by Burt Reynolds, I think. What? How have I missed? These are all the things that I've missed. (laughs) And to freeze time, she puts her index fingers together and touches them. And then time is still. Yeah. That also, when I, when you said freeze time, that's how I imagined it happened. It had to do with fingers. I thought you were going to say, that's how I freeze time. (laughs) That is what I was going to say. And then I realized I don't want everybody at home to know that I can freeze time. So I changed it. (laughs) Obviously everybody at home, I was kidding on that. I don't actually think I can freeze time. Or can she? Or do I? Leah, what have we learned? I'm really excited about bonjouring people. I don't know if we can verb that. That's also like a cheersing. Yeah. You know, we've decided we don't say we're cheersing. No, no. Jaren it up. Okay. I may start bonjouring people in American elevators. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please don't. I feel like I'd have to be wearing a hat, though. You know what I mean? Just a very French hat. And I learned that you live in an Escher painting where <laughs> up is down and down is up and nothing matters. Yes. <laughs> I feel like the rules that people can get away, not rules, but the rules they break, the things people get away with in a New York City apartment building. Oh, it's remarkable the way we live. We have showers and kitchens. We have drawers to nowhere. Yeah, we have impossible spaces that defy time and gravity. Yeah, they're like, the bathroom is right in the middle of the living room and you're like, I'll take it, I'll take it. So convenient, yes. Is there a fee? (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. Hide your address. Send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He will. So for your homework this week, I want you to visit our website, and I want you to sign up for our newsletter, and I want you to send us a question. That's all. That's your homework. Website, newsletter, question. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I'm really thankful for people who support other people. Hmm, that's nice. I've just seen a lot of people sharing other people's work, and recently a friend of mine wrote a book, and another friend of mine shared it, and I wouldn't have known, mm. you know what I mean? And then I was got excited to celebrate, and I am seeing a lot of people commenting on things that people have done and they've just been very lovely and I think in the middle of all this chaos and darkness it's so wonderful to see people supporting each other and I really think it's beautiful. That is nice. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. And we got a lovely thing from cordialsofkindness.com which is quote 
I was at a budget grocery store where you have to bag your own groceries with my toddler. The woman in front of me, who also had a young child with her, saw that I had a ton of groceries and offered to help me bag my groceries as I was continuing to add stuff to the conveyor belt. I tried to tell her not to worry about it, but she insisted. It was so sweet to have such a nice interaction with a stranger in these unprecedented times. So nice. That is nice. You just take a moment to do something nice. How hard is that? It's really lovely. So thank you for sending that. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting. New season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person. Very confident Mm -hmm. woman. Wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.